Welcome to the Evolvepreneur AI Advantage Show, and I'm your host, Richard Ray. My mission is to help entrepreneurs understand AI and use it to their advantage. Join me today where we dig deep with our guests and get you the best concepts and strategies. Today's special guest is Craig Hurd. Over the last 12 years, Craig has helped companies with their client acquisition. In 2022, his company Apex Performance helped clients collectively generate $7.2 million in revenue. But he realized that to help his clients more, his company needed to do, not just teach. This led to the creation of AI-powered software to help clients grow their pipeline and scale in a way a human never could alone. He is also the author of the book, The Intelligent Advantage, How to Protect and Elevate Your Expertise Business in the Age of AI. Craig also believes we are witnessing the dawn of the golden age of AI. Today, we're talking about The Intelligent Advantage. Craig, welcome to the show. Good morning, Richard. Yeah, thanks for for having me and uh what an intro that was great thank you very much oh well, thank you well craig i always like to ask my guests where in the world are you i live as you can probably tell by my slightly muddled accent so i live in just outside edinburgh in in scotland beautiful part of the world mm, big time so let's dive straight in can you just give us a very quick overview of the sort of customers uh that you have or have had in the past yeah, well, big time. Well, I think in, as you mentioned, the last 12 years, it's really varied from large mm -hmm. uh, tech companies, uh, like of Google, Facebook work with those guys. But mm -hmm. nowadays, I I really tend to help the the solopreneur companies or, or the companies that are really trying to, to build something fresh. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think the big thing that changed for me was when I became a father just over six years ago, and um, the corporate world kind of lost all its sheen and all its interest and i really wanted to build something for myself and in that season i developed a lot of empathy for these these smaller companies and i thought man they're just not getting the same access to process procedure to operations to all these things that help these larger businesses to do so well and so i thought well maybe i could translate a lot of what i've learned in the last 12 years into smaller business and so that's really where i've been putting the focus very interesting. So you had that moment in your life and you mentioned a lot of this and there's a lot of work-life balance references in your book mm. as well. I, I had a chance to read through uh, quite a bit of it over the weekend. Oh, thank you. So yeah, it's a very interesting book. I, I love some of the stuff that you've got in there, especially the references to uh, Teddy Roosevelt, I thought was very cool. Mm. Mm. So the process to create the AI software itself, you say six years ago, you know, child comes along. You decide to start doing something different. How did you go about creating that AI software and how difficult was it? Yeah, what a great question. So I I don't have a AI or tech background. I think mm -hmm. they call a non-technical founder is what they nickname it. And I think that gives myself a personal advantage to look at this through because I'm not AI first. You know, I don't think AI should be part of every part of our lives forever, always. Um, I come from a background of helping a helping a, a company or a person to become profitable and be as purpose driven as possible. Those have always been my priorities. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started my company, it was a number of years back, and it was a coaching company. It was a training company. We did some consulting as well, and it was all about simplifying and demystifying client acquisition. It doesn't need to be this complicated process. It can really be quite a simple thing. Not easy, but it's simple. And so I started with that and. For a number of years, we were having great success, and we probably still would 
you know, if we continue down that path, and uh, as you mentioned in the intro, in our final year of running the business like that, it, we produced, we were able to help our clients produce $7.2 million in revenue for themselves, which was always the metric we, we tracked. Because, not mm -hmm. because money is the most important thing, but when money works in the business, normally other things can happen. And above all, people can step back and become the fathers and the present husbands and wives and all the rest that they really want to do and live the life of purpose that they're shooting for. That's always been the driving force. But what I found was there was an uncomfortable amount of clients that we had that weren't quite getting it. You know, I think every business has that. There's some clients that just aren't aren't getting the results that the average client get. And that always made me really uncomfortable. I think there's coaching businesses out there now that are really, really fine with that. And I just wasn't. And so I thought, how do we help everybody? How do we make, how do we make good on the promises to everybody? And so it was a game of closing that gap. And we did that. We spent an entire year improving the training, simplifying it, changing the format, introducing a community, getting rid of a lot of training. Like anything that didn't matter, we just got rid of. And it improved things and it made things better for a lot of people. But there was still some that didn't quite get it or didn't weren't quite able to do it and we noticed the consistent problem across the board the bottleneck for most was in that lead generation piece like how do I start new conversations with strangers and what do I do from that point to get them to the stage where they'll jump on a call with me and maybe just buy my product or service and we thought you know that is the the bottleneck here when most companies when they they jump on a call with a stranger, you know, normally it becomes a client because of the passion and their expertise, but it was the lead generation part that was the bottleneck. And so we thought, how can we solve that? And that coincided with this rise of AI. AI suddenly became commercially friendly. And so mm -hmm. ChatGBT came out, the world was talking about AI constantly. And at that point, I thought, you know, maybe that's some, maybe that is what we can use to bridge this gap. And so we, I, I met with, gosh, hundreds of <laughs> software developers and people that could, could help translate what I could see in my head to, to reality. And we finally found uh, some people that could help us with it. And the actual process, the technical build, gosh, they could tell you how easy or not it was. But from my end, it has just been a, a, an amazing process of going, this is what people need it to do. This is how it needs to operate. It needs to be simpler than that. It needs to work better mm -hmm. than that and all this rest. And it's been a lot of fun. And what it's now starting to to do for people is to take the heavy lifting away from lead generation and these new conversations. So it's it's really opened up a whole lot for for the people that we work with. You describe yourself as non-technical. Hmm. Would you say that brought something to the process? Because if you're not getting stuck in the weeds of you know exactly how it's going to work, you can actually express exactly what hmm. you need to happen. Do you think that was an advantage to the creation of the tool? Yeah, I think that's, I think it's my my greatest advantage with it because there mm -hmm. are tools, there's, I mean, there's so many AI tools available now. I think last week alone, there was a thousand new AI applications and softwares launched in the US, which is an ungodly amount. Um, it's certainly a gold rush. Yeah, it's completely a gold rush. And I think the a lot of the people driving it are AI first. So they're going, mm -hmm. how do I get AI? Their, their ultimate question is, I love AI. It's got enormous potential. How do I, how do I, how do we use it more? How can we get creative about its application? And I think that's the wrong question. I think that's, that's the equivalent of saying uh, the cell phone is just launched or the internet is just launched. How do we use it in lots of different ways? 
and it creates a lot of innovation and it moves the, the the technology forward and it's it's good ultimately for a lot of reasons but it doesn't help the individual and the person who's non-technical and non-ai first um, for them they they don't really care if ai is part of their life most people are pretty agnostic at this point they're like they either think it's the new terminator and skynet is about a launch or they yeah. think it's really exciting but the application of it is really, really lacking at the moment because people are seeing, you know, mid-journey creating these beautiful images and they're seeing ChatGBT writing legal contracts in 13 seconds. And that's all really kind of sexy and exciting and like, wow, look what it can do. But and a little scary for business, some people as well. Yeah, well, big time. And, and I think a lot of, at best, people are seeing it as this kind of creative novelty right now. Mm -hmm. And they're going... What do I do with that? I don't need a legal contract. I don't need to be able to write a legal contract. I I still use my doctor for for diagnostics. You know, it's just it, the application is severely lacking, and people aren't understanding. Yeah, but what do I do with that? And so people are getting really distracted with it. I think, and there are still those. I think rightfully so that have a, a healthy amount of fear about what it could bring. You know, wiping out enormous amounts of jobs. It could, you know, the Terminator future of creating something that we don't understand and is far smarter than us, I think is, is a reasonable thing to to be fearful of with any new technology. Um, are we doing the right thing? It's something we don't yet understand. So I think the non come back to your question, the non-technical mm -hmm. background, um, what it gives me is a kind of unemotional agnostic, as I say, feeling towards AI, where I go, if AI doesn't serve us, if I can't make, if I can't translate it into something that's going to help, then it, it there's no need for it like we don't need it you know it's it's not that we've seen we've seen the opposite effect with the likes of cell phones where everybody's everybody's got a cell phone in the pocket now and they constantly look at it and it's and it's because it had that approach it had that approach of how do we get more people using this more often i don't think that's for the long term i don't think that's the way to think about it at all so you're clearly bringing that front of house that human element to this uh you, know, you look at most businesses especially with you know, the history that you've got a training business it has to be people who can interact and then you've got the the people in the background who can do the amazing technical things and you're merging it all together which is great mm. have you found that there's been much resistance from any of your clients interesting yeah i think for our existing clients we've found that they've got a, a lot of trust in what we've done because we've some of them we've been working with for years and years and years and begin and obviously getting them their best years and best months and really transforming their business. And so they're pretty open to what we say generally. Um, I think for new clients, of course, they don't, we don't have that track record with the individual, yeah. you know, we can show them case studies for days, but they don't personally have that results track record with us. So they, they're naturally more, have more questions about it. And I think that's very reasonable. I think both with working with a new company and also working with a new technology. I can't even imagine what working with the internet or cell phones or any like that would have been like when it first launched. I kind of remember the launch of the cell phone. Um, but what we find is we we combat that or rather we we help clients with that by offering trials. We, we typically start with mm -hmm. a three-day trial of everything that we do, um, really just to help them see the potential of what we're doing. So what is the experience of your customers when they're using your software? Great question. Yeah. So a lot of the heavy lifting of 
client acquisition nowadays for the solopreneur is opening up new conversations with strangers ultimately. So if you only exist, mo most um, solopreneurs, smaller businesses, even up to 10, 20 people, they tend to rely heavily on their existing clients. And so they will work off referral, they will they will network to some extent, um, but ultimately their, their circle stays quite small. And that is problematic because if you're not having new conversations with, with new individuals, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to grow at the rate most want to grow. And so that's always been um, the challenge. And so what we're able to do is use AI software to do a lot of the heavy lifting of that cold first impression, um, both through the likes of LinkedIn, integration with mm -hmm. LinkedIn, and also email, um, email as another platform as well. So we're able to have that kind of first handshake on somebody's behalf so that your experience as the business owner isn't speaking to a lot of strangers and almost, I guess, 10, 20 years ago, it would have been cold calling and mm -hmm. or cold DMing on LinkedIn five years ago. Um, but now a lot of that heavy lifting can be done by AI, which is unbelievable. And so what they experience is an ever growing network and fellowship online of warm, warm uh, individuals, people that are open to talk to them have already seen and heard from them. Uh, so think of it as that very, very kind of top of the funnel first interaction thing that mm -hmm. very few don't want to do. Um, don't want to do, don't like to do, don't don't have the time for any of that. AI is able to uh, mimic at a high level the solopreneur or the business owner and sound and act like them and have that first handshake conversation with them. And so that it takes, it increases results and it, it takes away a lot of the heavy lifting. So essentially you create a clone of the solopreneur to make sure that it's got the right sort of voice. So it feels like at the, at, at least at a very simple level, they have reached out to you rather than an AI. Big time. Yeah. A simple, simple way to understand it. And it also explains the power of AI here is say, for example, five years ago, you wanted to send for simple numbers, a hundred emails to a hundred companies that you wanted to work with. It isn't a scalable exercise for you to write a, a tailored introduction every single time. Like that would either burn you out and it really wouldn't be a great use of your time. But on paper, you could see how if you did that, it would yield some results, if not great results. You know, five of those hundred come back to you and go, yeah, actually, this sounds interesting. 20 of those come back, whatever the number is, it's, it's a fruitful exercise, but it demands a lot of your energy and it demands a lot of your time. What software alone has been able to do in the last say five years is to write um, one email or maybe a variant. So maybe three versions of the same email with, you know, fill in the gap. So, Hey, Richard, notice this X, Y, Z about your business. Maybe we could have a coffee, whatever it might be. It, software has been able to, to do a bit of a mimic, a bit of a variant in what you say every time, but ultimately it always looks like a cold email written by a robot. What AI has the power to do is it has the ability to, to learn you as an individual, how you talk, what your professional background is, um, and almost create like a Jarvis, like an Iron Man Jarvis, and not send a hundred emails with variation in three, but a hundred completely different emails. Like as if you were a person sitting in your office writing a completely tailored introduction to a hundred people in a hundred different ways. That isn't scalable for a human to do. It's, it's not a task anyone wants to do, but it is extremely effective. But AI doesn't have those emotions. It doesn't care about getting tired or breaking for lunch. And it doesn't 
uh, have a mental load. So after email 75, when it's kind of really run out of things to say. It still feels creative, great. It's still getting on with the job. It's still fine. It's still fine. And so yeah. that initial handshake, that tailoring is only possible with the likes of, of AI. And that's what's that's that's a better experience for the potential client. That's a better experience for the business owner. And it's scalable in a way that just hasn't been possible. Have any of the end customers, once they've received that initial contact and then ended up talking to the solo putter, have they ever found out and had a kind of a negative response as a result of that? It's it's a funny thing. It's I think the way I would think about it is the activity itself is is going to be received well by some and not by mm -hmm. others, of course. Yeah. So some are going to be like, actually, what you do as a service is perfect timing. Thank you for your email. When can we speak? We're looking at this right now. That's the that's the best possible scenario. I don't care. It's what that they want. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Um, the most negative one is please don't email me. I've never heard from you. You know, that is a likely <laughs> scenario in, in any client acquisition strategy, whether it be on yeah. social media or cold calling or whatever method you talk about, that is that is the the spectrum of outcome. What we find is the overall experience for the client is infinitely better. And that's ultimately what they care about more. So the, the first interaction they get isn't some out of the box email saying, Hey, John, do you want to do this thing with me because of this reason? It's a tailored thought, thought, um, thought out process. Well, I was going to say thought out, but I guess it's AI driven, right? So, uh, a tailored response and overall that improves the experience for, for everybody. Um, what we find is there'll still be some people that don't want to hear from you. And that is always going to be the case. The difference is their reaction, their negativity is then hit your AI what operates as the kind of wall between you and them. So you don't take it personally. You know, it's never about you. So it's, it's always about what's going on for the person in the moment, most likely. And then it, what's fascinating is the individuals who at some point discover that it was an AI interaction and they go, most are impressed. They go, that's unbelievable. And so that, that becomes a, a conversation. So I think that it's important to realize the reality of doing it human driven is a negative experience for the solopreneur because they get they get all the rejection and it's a negative experience for the potential client because they for most of them because they they feel um that they're not it's not tailored it's out of the box mm -hmm. what ai is able to do at this stage anyway is able to improve that that overall experience for both understood so have you any examples of where you've had an existing client then of a applied this new technology and you've seen a really great step change in results for them. Mm, big time. So we have um, one, one individual that, that comes to mind. Actually, there's a few stories that came to mind. Um, one of which, I mean, simple, I mean, simply put, it's, it's a uplift for all the clients that have been using it to date. Um, the big noticeable change is in how many new conversations they're having with people, the overall size of their network is increasing mm -hmm. and the overall positive interactions that they are having is increasing. And for the potential clients on the other end is they get a more tailored, more tailored response and they get a more 
a personal message, which even if just for a moment gives them a better experience on their day than what we what we see on the likes of LinkedIn now, which is cold DMing <laughs> with no thought and long drawn out messages and just selling of services. Oh, they're just, terrible. They're absolutely awful. Yeah. How many a day do you get now? <laughs> a fair few. Yeah, exactly. So it's the end. What what it means is the end of that and a more effective um, human a uh, human approach because ironically a human approach because the reason those exist is because they're effective but the big downside of it is it's cold it's generic it's clearly written by a machine and mm -hmm. we're able to take that same effectiveness and actually make it a personal experience for that person so even if they're not in a place or have zero interest in um in 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 working with you as a company that is okay because most you know most are going to be in that position right now is not the perfect time but for most people it's going to be an improved situation where they get a personal message and it's a better overall experience we're trying to almost end that salesmanship that exists i think put the final nail in the coffin for hustle culture and cold dming and and all these sales tactics that probably should have died in the 80s i would agree with you there mm. um, so in your book the intelligent advantage you clearly express a belief in work-life balance you mm -hmm. see, this is one of the uh, potentially overlooked benefits of AI. A hundred percent. I would say I wrote an article on, on LinkedIn just a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, the emergence of AI is the final nail in the coffin for hustle culture. I think for the last God knows how long, but at least 10 years, hustle culture and Gary Vaynerchuk and work to your eyes bleeds has been the, the narrative. And I think what we're now seeing is the death of that through the rise of mental health conversations and mm -hmm. work-life balance and the the uh, the goal of being there and present for your kids. Like I, I, rem I know the responsibility I feel to be present and the desire I have to, to be present for my kids that wasn't a conversation 30 years ago even. Yeah. That you, fathers went off to work and that was completely understandable. Now the expectation on modern men is to, yes, provide, but also to be present in a way that, that have never been there. And so I think it's a healthy conversation. And what it coincides with is AI and its ability to, to increase efficiency within for the person in the business so that that is actually possible. I think the missing gap has been for the last decade is the expectation has rose. So you as a father, you should be a great provider. You should also be present at home. And men, a lot of the men I work with and I've worked with for years now go, what you want me to do this thing that I've always done and you want me to be present I want to do those things but I don't understand how I'm supposed to do that and a lot of the challenge has been for men personally is that pressure has increased and I think that has brought about the mental health conversation and how are men doing overall and I think that for a lot of men more men than we we still even talk about is they go not great like I'm under a lot of pressure a lot of the time and I think the practicality and the solution to the, the problem has been lacking. So they've said, men, you need to do more. Um, we want you present at home. We want you also to provide, still do the stuff mm -hmm. you were doing before. Um, and they go, yeah, okay. <laughs> but now we have this technology that actually provides a solution for that, where men can, if they integrate AI in the proper way, the appropriate way, not taking over the business, but just integration, um, they can take away 
not the most complicated tasks, not the stuff that they love doing, not the stuff that they are purpose built to do, but the the mundane and the dull and the time consuming stuff that really takes their time and steals their hours away. Um, mm -hmm. I talk to guys, especially a lot, I mean, men and women, but especially guys, I talk to them a lot about think of AI is not increasing your capability. Don't let it try and increase your capability. You're not, you're not going to become superhuman because of this new technology. What it can do at this stage is it can increase your capacity. So it can take what you're already doing and it can strip away how much you personally need to do. Think of it like Iron Man and Jarvis. You know, Jarvis doesn't necessarily make Iron Man any smarter or Tony Stark any smarter. He just gives them the context, the time, the scalability that he doesn't have as an individual. So I think that's what AI has the ability to do today. And any thoughts on how to avoid kind of the dark side of this in that, you know, there may be business owners or managers out there that think, ah, now I can get my staff to do even more, but yeah. they're just work the same amount of hours because there's a, a potential negative version of this. I think so. I think that's real. Um, I think with any new technology, that's, that's the case. Um, we, I don't think it's a path that we're, on because of AI, I would have said that's been there for a long, long time. You know, the technology ultimately has mm -hmm. that goal of being more efficient, squeezing more from less. Um, the, there's a couple of things I would I would ask the individual to consider. One is that AI is a force, like the internet was a force, like cell phones was a force. It's it's not a conversation of do you want to integrate it into your life. It's it's kind of here to stay. It's not it's not it's not a Bitcoin. It's not there's nothing you can do about it. It's here. It's here. So the choice is. At this early stage, when we don't fully understand it's what it will look like, just like in 1985, you couldn't have said what the internet was going to be. If you explained to somebody in 1985 what a LinkedIn was, they couldn't wrap their head around it, no. most probably. But the 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 place that we're in now is, is a case of, well, can we move with it? And can you become more efficient as an individual? Or are you going to be stagnant and be determined that you're going to wait this out until God knows when. That I think those are the first people to to really lose the work. We we always said that AI was going to come, and we always said that it was going to take blue collar jobs, and it's not done that at all. What it's done is it's really taken the place of of white collar. It's taken the place of experts. It's taken the place of people that have trained seven years to do what they do, ten years what they do, and so that's that's who's vulnerable. But I would also say with that, it's highlighted for experts and for coaches and consultants, especially people that have an, an intelligence to themselves that they that they make money from, it's highlighted your true value. Your true value as an expert is not in the delivery of information. It's not telling one telling someone, this is how you lose 20 pounds, this is how you get financially free, or this is how you build a business. That's not your value. ChatGBT can do that for free right now. The value though is humans don't work based on information alone, because then we would be millionaires We'd all be millionaires with six, pack, six packs. What we also need is we need understanding, we need support, we need accountability, and we need guidance. Those things humans are incredible at. And so I don't think the expertise or the, the professional services industry is under threat. I think it's just going to shift who they are in the world. You know, they'll, they'll still exist, but they will be the coach, the consultant, they will be the guide, they'll be the mm. art, the the Gandalf <laughs> and they will guide rather than just being the source of information on how they do stuff. Makes complete sense. So I agree with you, with your view regarding, you know, we're on the verge of the golden age of AI. What do you base that belief on? 
I think the that's a great question. Yeah, I think the the there is a time that people talk about where they talk about um, technology becoming far too abundant in our world, and I think that's a reasonable concern. You know, the the agricultural industry is a is a good example of that, where that has become far too technology far too much technology exists in a space that should be natural, and I think the overall movement of humanity is towards increasing technology at all costs. And so there is a future in which we've really got to stop and question is technology and the ever increasing amount of it appropriate. But I don't think that day is today. I think what we're in now is this season where we're able to really allow technology to make our lives better. I think that's the really, that's the medium, the short to medium term outcome that we're going to see is those that jump on board and those that understand it and those look to understand it, they will really see the benefit. And I think AI has the ability to right now increase our capabilities, but it will have the ability to give us answers and give us better questions that we haven't thought to ask. And I think, yes, it's a very reasonable thing to be nervous about AI and technology. And I think that's a really healthy thing to have. I think that should continue always. Like, are we doing the right thing is a great question to ask. But companies should ask that. You know, you should always ask that question. Are we on the right track? Maybe not. Maybe. So that's always a question. But I think the next season, this next season, we're going to see enormous um, abundance, enormous efficiency, enormous possibility. Um, and I think we're a long way away from any dark future that anybody's concerned about. I think if you can, if you can be part of this shift now you will experience the very best of it so embrace it don't be afraid take it on roll with it make use of it simple as that big time big time i think in the short term that's that's got to be the way you think about it absolutely so craig if there's one piece of advice that you wish you'd had when you were first starting out on ai that uh, you'd like to pass on to all the listeners today what would it be it's mm. a really good question I would say, and I've mentioned it before, but I would think of your world from your point of view. In other words, look at yourself, how you want to live your life, what you care about, what your passions are, how your family's doing, how your business is, is doing. Look at all those things first and start there. Start with what do you want from your life? What do you want from your family's life? What do you want for your future? These are way more important questions. And I think once you start there, the third or fourth question down that rabbit hole is, how is my business doing? How can my business be doing better? And the answer, fourth or fifth or sixth answer to it is, maybe this AI thing can integrate and improve on all things. But I would say the big mistake that I see a lot of people making right now is they're AI first. You know, how do I get this thing to, how do I get this thing to, to work within my business? But it's kind of like saying, how do you get the, the cell phone to, to be more important in your business? It just doesn't, why would you want that? Start with yourself, start with what you want for your life. Start with your family, start with what you care about, build the life you're looking to build. And then finally, when you're looking for a solution on efficiency and increasing your capability, then look to AI to go, where can this fit in? Not it fits in at all costs. Great advice. Craig, where can people find you and what's that big project you'd like people to look for in the not too distant future? So I... A lot of people listening to this love podcasts. I love podcasts also. Uh, our podcast is the Intelligent Advantage podcast. We have daily snippets 
uh, where we create these short videos, uh, short videos and short audio on really just slight edges that you can you can do to improve both your personal life and your business life and how AI can provide some of those efficiencies and increase your capability. So you've got 10 minutes in the morning. The Intelligent Advantage podcast is a good place to go. I'll certainly be signing up myself. Craig, thanks for a fantastic interview today. Really interesting stuff. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on another awesome guest episode for the Evolpreneur AI Advantage show. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we would be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at aiadvantage.show right now. Until next time, I'm Richard Ray, and if you're an entrepreneur, get the AI Advantage today. Thank you.